When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We'll we get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Here's Tobias up top to Pat Beverly. Open for three. Let's it fly. It is good. How about 11 threes for the Clippers and now a 10-point advantage? Well, I think the rebounding was a problem again. And, the uh, you know, we didn't cover the three-point line. But I thought they came up with, you know, crucial plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the times we did defend well, uh, if you give a team two and three cracks at it, uh, they made us pay. They made- Gallo on the left wing. Open for three. Let's it fly. Oh, yes. My kingdom for a three, and Danilo Gallinari delivers 110 to 103. You know, in our league, across the board, the scoring's way up, and how we adjust to that, to the way the game's being called, is critical. You know, I think we do have to be more physical than we're being right now. I think we've pulled so far back that, you know, it allows guys to get into rhythm, and and it's hard because some nights it's called tighter than others, but we have to adjust to how the game's being called. Montrez to set a screen. Lou doesn't use it. Whips it inside to Gallo instead, and he plants it in with two. Timeout, Minnesota. Clippers by 10. Wow. 106 to play. Clippers 118. Wolves 108. Tom, J- Jimmy's kind of said physically that he'll let you guys know when he's able to play or not. Is that something you anticipate just on back-to-backs, or is that going to be kind of just the reality? Kind of well, that's all. Every player's help is, you know, it's a combination of your medical staff and the player. You know, so that you have to trust those people. Uh, when a player says he's injured and you, uh, your medical pick, people weigh in on it, or they think that rest is the appropriate thing, then you'll do it. And it's for every player that, you know, their health is, you know, at the forefront. I need clarification. <laughs> I need immediate clarification. Mackie and Judd, now Phil is out today, but Manny Hill, I need immediate clarification as I sit here in our plush TCL broadcast studios. <laughs> Does last night qualify as part of the Butler package and plan of games in which he's going to play? Because he was on the floor, but he entered the fourth quarter with only four points. He was one for six from the field. He then ended... With 20 points on 6-for-13 shooting. But when you elect to play 12 minutes of a 48-minute basketball game, I need help here. Is this is there the Butler plan in which he's going to sit out certain games because he's hurt so badly? 
And then is there now a separate Butler plan in which he basically doesn't try for three quarters as much and then gives you one quarter? And if so, what do we need to call that? Because I've been going with the Butler plan being when he just simply doesn't play. Help me, Manny Hill. Just got to play hard for 48 minutes, Judd. That's what it comes down to. You got to play hard for 48 minutes. This is this is this is so but is this not just so Timberwolves? This whole I mean Jimmy Butler having complete control of a franchise that he does not want to play for anymore. And basically sort of coasting through three quarters and then fourth quarter he decides to turn on the Jets and the head coach just has no problem with it whatsoever, He's hurt. apparently. He's hurt. When you're injured, when you're injured, you evidently don't play some games. You play other games. This is the damnedest thing. This is, what is it? What's wrong here? Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So, last week, Buckets decides to sit out against Utah, and Derrick Rose goes off for 50. And I want to say, I want to say it was before that game when he sat out. That the Timberwolves, the Tibbs tried to spin it like, well, Jimmy's not going to play, but this is this is us too. We're we're basically orchestrating this, so Jimmy's not going to play sometimes. But that's going to be us helping to make that call. Well, Chris Hind of the Star Tribune, who that young man, he has stepped in for Jerry Zagoda to the Timberwolves beat at a time when turmoil is king. On Friday night after the Golden State game. Chris Hine of the Star Tribune was among the media members talking to Jimmy, and I'm sure part of the question was, well, the Wolves say that they are are helping you or guiding things in the games which you don't play in. And, of course, Jimmy had played against Golden State. Well, Jimmy basically, in the following quotes, told Chris Hine and the rest of us what's what and who's making decisions for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who makes that call when you decide to sit out? Uh, I mean, I let them know. They don't know how my body feels. So if I'm if I'm nicked up, then you can you can count on that. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know what we plan on doing tomorrow. Um, obviously, I got to get some treatment along with a lot of other guys. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see whenever Sunday and Monday gets here. Is there a specific part of your body that's hurting? Tips use the term general soreness. Why are you so worried about my because my injury? It's it's, it's, uh, it's the most important thing going on right now. No, it's not. Absolutely, it is. No, it's not. You just want to make it into that. If uh, if all of this talk wasn't going on and I, I set out because my body was sore, you would not be asking me this like that. So, um, that's this true. is exactly that's probably true. Yeah, I know it's true. So, stop asking me questions about if I'm going to sit out or not. I'm going to sit out. Um, you probably won't talk to me on the day that I sit out. But uh, if I do, then I do. And you can create a story around it with a lot of made up stuff like I normally do. That was Friday night. Jimmy sat out on Sunday in the Wolves' one-sided loss to Portland, and then he played last night. I why why are we putting up with this absolute nonsense of Jimmy trying to dictate the terms? I get it. The Timberwolves have no guts. All right, so Tibbs has no guts. He's got no there. There's no there's no ability for him to say I'm being embarrassed here. So he's a lost cause. But this whole thing of Jimmy trying to tell us what's what, uh, trying to dictate the terms of dogging, he's just dogging it. He's just, he does, as you say, he doesn't want to be here. And so he's going to make up the rules of when he plays and when he doesn't. And I love this notion of you are, and, and he, 
after Manny, the home Moltner, in which he scored 33 points against Cleveland, mm-hmm. he went down the same path. In fact, I I asked him, along with, I think, Krasinski at the time, is there more here? And he's like, absolutely. And I think Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic, his follow-up question was, okay, do you want to tell us? I mean, if there's more here, tell us what's going and on. he said no. And he said no. So for him then to say that we are making up stories... No, this is all on you. This is all on you, and you're dogging it. You're not playing, Judd. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about because, according to what we've been told, all it is is general soreness. That that's what all this is, right? General soreness. Well, that that's why he sits out games because general soreness. <sighs> here's the oh, okay. So here's Tibbs again last night. When asked about this, this is just so comical. Um, J- Jimmy's kind of said physically that he'll let you guys know when he's able to play or not. Is that something you anticipate just on back-to-backs, or is that going to be kind of just the reality with where he's at physically and kind of his... Well, that's all. Every player's health is, you know, it's a combination of your medical staff and the player. You know, so that you have to trust those people. Okay, just stop. Can we just stop with this? Can we just stop with this? Just tell, Just Tom, tell us this. Come out and say this. Jimmy is making up the rules as he goes along, and I'm tolerating it, and and I understand that I'm embarrassing the organization and the franchise, and I understand that probably the majority of the players in that room hate me because of this, but I'm just basically being embarrassed here on a daily. Just say that. Just say you're being embarrassed. You're you're being... Jimmy Butler is telling you when he's going to play. This is it's absolute nonsense for you to try and tell us that he's hurt. It's absolute nonsense for you to try and tell us that you have any input with Jimmy Butler whatsoever. And you are going to continue to tolerate this. That leads Manny Hill to our fifteen hundred ESPN Twitter poll of the day. Which game is Jimmy Butler going to play in next? We got the Lakers tomorrow. Which I'm sure he's playing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to play in that game. Yep. At the Kings on Friday, he ain't playing in that game. Versus the Nets at home on Monday, I don't know about that game. Or your fourth and final option, simply none. Do you just think? Do you just think it's fine? We're finally going to end this absolute charade, this absolute gong show, absolutely a clown show. And are we finally just going to call it a day and see the Timberwolves do Glenn Taylor? Just do the right thing. General soreness. <laughs> okay. So so quickly, I am I am going to transition. Okay. Ding, ding. And I'm going to give you a positive, the one positive of the Jimmy Butler situation. Okay. He really doesn't wear, you know, his emotions on his sleeve at all, even when it, and that's, you know, in some ways it's a strength when things are going great. You, you wouldn't know that they're going great. And when things are you know, going and not as well as he would like. You also don't really see that. But he's, you know, we need him to play well. That <laughs> That is Tibbs talking about none other than Andrew Wiggins. And here's the positive that I realized today. As long as Butler is here and we continue to talk about will Butler play, will he not play, is he going to blow up, is he not going to blow up, we do not have to discuss the five-year $148 million contract that, by the way, just kicked in for Andrew Wiggins, who last night went 4 of 16 for 13 points, 2 of 7 on threes, and had at least, I think, what, three opportunities where he could have taken a three, and he elected to take a couple steps forward and take a two. Because the next reality mm-hmm. is that that is when Butler's gone, the next talking point for this franchise is 
you absolutely rewarded a guy with a max contract who might not be any good. Yeah. It, well, I, I and the problem is the contract is not going anywhere. <laughs> like you can't. Well, and how are you, you going you, to? Oh, okay, how are you going to you move him? Find too? A way to max. Yeah, you can't because you can't move it because nobody's I mean, going to take on that contract. I'm already hearing unless you're adding a sweetener like a first round pick to it. I'm already hearing Manny. Well, they should trade. They should look to trade him. Who's going to take this? Trade him where? Trade him where? Who's it? I mean, the thing of it is, when, when people say things like that, you have to remember, okay, put yourself, like, put yourself in the position of a team. Let's say a team that has a lot of cap space. That could, what's Andrew making this year? 27? 27 million <laughs> Whatever this year? Whatever a five-year right. 148 so, figures out to. So let's, let's just say a team that has $27 million or more of cap space that could just absorb Andrew Wiggins' contract, okay? Put yourself into the shoes of that team that has that cap space and ask yourself, do I want to take on that contract? Knowing where Andrew Wiggins is right now in his career, which is not in the greatest spot, to put it kindly, ask yourself, would you want to take on that contract? For a year? Yeah, you could probably absorb that for a year, maybe two. But this is year one of five on that salary. And you have to ask yourself, would you be willing to absorb that and then be on the hook for the next four years after this year on that contract with that kid? And there's only one team that's going to absorb that contract, and it's the team he's currently with. And that is going to be that. That is why Jimmy Butler might be a godsend right now. I've rethought my whole thing. (laughs) At least he's a good pain in the ass. Wiggins is just going to be a pain in the ass, and he's not good. I already know what your answer to this is going to be, but aren't you... (laughs) Aren't you kind of getting exhausted of this, though? For me, like, I'm getting exhausted of this. Like, I'll talk about it. Like, that's fine. I don't mind talking about it. I just, this this thing is just, it's become a farce, Judd. It's become it such a farce. Of course it has. Jimmy has complete control yep. of a team that he does not want to play for. Oh. How does that happen? What's coming up in your four deep thoughts? Let's talk about something else. All right, we do have an NBA item in there. And uh, also, Michael Irvin kind of lost his you-know-what on first take yesterday in Dallas. The uh, Dallas fans were getting on Stephen A. Smith a little bit, and Michael Irvin joined in on the fun, apparently. And uh, I have a question for you in my four deep thoughts about the league and the sport that you love so much and why they're always firing coaches left and right. You got it, and don't forget the 1500 ESPN Twitter poll. Which game is Jimmy Butler going to play in next? Right now we have 115 votes, 40% say the Lakers tomorrow, 49% say none. Go vote on that, twitter.com, 1500 ESPN, back after this. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? (laughs) It's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here. Uh, 35W northbound. They just cleared out a crash uh, between Industrial Boulevard and uh, Highway 280. Uh, So that was about an eight-minute delay, but it looks like they've gotten that uh, cleared away. So things are moving rather smoothly around the metro. Judd? Thank you, sir. I want to get back to one piece of housekeeping from yesterday, the uh, 1500 ESPN Twitter poll that we did yesterday. How long should P.J. Fleck be given? Two years, three years, four years, or eight years? 
We got 733 votes. 52% of you said four years. 15% said uh, two years. 15% said eight years. You're a patient bunch. And 18% said three years. But we, ne- did, we did decide that it was the, from, how many years from, from now. From now, right. Okay. Right. But nonetheless, I don't care if it's from day one or from today, eight years. Eight years For is a long For 15% to chime in with eight years, that is a very patient bunch. But let's get right to... We now present Many Hills for Deep Thoughts. All right, let's go right into it, Judd. Number one. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, Celtics will remember that. Now we good. He knows I was trying to get 50. I didn't mean no harm. I should have done it, but they understand I was trying to get 50. But uh, it was a good dub. It was a fun game. Hope y'all fans enjoyed it. What kind of competitor wouldn't bother? I understand if we fouled him going to the free throw. I don't want to make a big deal. Obviously, I was pissed off at the game, but you know, he was a primary concern tonight. But the ball deserves to go in the crowd after a bull move like that. So, do it in the crowd. So, Jamal Murray scored 48 points for the Denver Nuggets last night in beating the uh, Boston Celtics. I think it was 115 107, if I'm not mistaken, the final score. But nonetheless, so as the, the uh, final clock was winding down in the fourth quarter Jamal Murray sitting on 48 points tried a little last ditch effort to get to 50 sort of heaved a three pointer as time expired it clanked off the back of the rim so he had to settle for 48 the uh, Celtics players didn't take too kindly to that and uh, he got into it with Marcus Smart and a couple other guys Marcus Morris I believe and then uh, Kyrie Irving took the basketball and then chucked it into the stands because he was not happy about it at all. And that was the quote you heard at the end there okay. about him chucking the ball into the stands. But he was and going I, for 50. Jamal Murray was going for 50, I didn't realize yes. that. Yes. I, saw, I saw the, on Twitter, I saw the, uh, the uproar about it, but I didn't realize that he was going for 50 points. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't know. It's 2018. You're going for 50. Yeah. yeah. I if if he had been going for 23 points, I might have said that's classless. If I could score 50 points and you're going to give me the shot at the end of the game, right? And the I game's over. Time. So what difference does it make? Yeah, I have a hard time being if if I'm the Celtics being overly upset about that. And plus, I let the guy score 48. It's right. my fault. He's trying to score 50. Guard him. Yeah. Stop him. Exactly. Don't let him get to 48, oh, then he won't then try to fi- get to 50. And, and you know what? He's going to throw up a last-second shot. If you really get mad about it and you see him start to go up, foul him. Exactly. And by the way, I think Kyrie Irving is probably going to get fined for chucking the ball into the stands after uh, time is fired. Did he fans or anything? I don't, I don't think so, but I think he'll get, he did get fined, Jonathan. $25,000, so... Oh, poor guy! Twenty five grand. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna he's, he's gonna feel that hit, and he's gonna get a new contract next summer. So I don't think Kyrie's hurting for uh, hurting for money anyway. Number two. I asked you a question. So uh, well, when you go to history, let's go into history. Don't just go to your history. Let's go to the history. Don't go into history at all. If you're going to go back there, we can go back there. Let's go. Or we can stay right here. Either way you want. I'm going back. I'm going back there. I'm going back there. Come on, man. Hold on. Right, stop playing. Hold on, hold on. Uh, well, is that, is that, hold on. Is... No, 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 this is your idea. This is what they do, see. They go to their history, but they won't go to all over the history. Mike, they go Michael. Okay, so first take, obviously, is a very polarizing show, I think. There are a lot of people that love it. There are a lot of people that don't like it. Um... I'm sort of lukewarm on it, but that was fantastic yesterday with Michael Irvin being on yesterday afternoon 
with uh, Stephen A. and Max and, and Molly. They were all at uh, all in Dallas for the Monday night game between the Titans and the Cowboys. And Michael Irvin, uh, he was a little animated there. He was sweating profusely as he was going off on Stephen A. Smith. In fact, Judd, they even sent over... I don't know if it was a producer or a camera guy or a sound guy or somebody came over with like a paper towel or napkin or something to uh, dab the sweat oh, off right of Michael Irvin's. Uh, yeah, right, right on camera. Oh, that's great! So it, it looked like it was a little bit. What theatrical, were they but... even debating or getting it? it well, because Stephen A. Stephen A. hates Cowboys fans, and so okay. that and that's part of the reason why they had it down there in Dallas to kind of, sort of make it a big show of Stephen A. going at it with the Cowboys fans and that sort of thing and. And, of course, the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since 95, and so Stephen A's been giving Michael Irvin crap for that, and Michael Irvin's just, like, saying, well, we got, we still want all these titles, and, yeah, so. But it's it was entertaining. I just love the the, the guy coming in to, to wipe the sweat off of That's a very Michael good Irvin's move. face That's a very, on very camera. Good move. Yes. Yeah, it was fantastic. And... Uh, Number three. Just received word the Chicago Blackhawks have fired head coach Joel Quenville. Coach Q had been head coach since 2008. 33-year-old Jeremy Colleton will replace Quenville. Okay, Judd, answer this question for me of your favorite sport, your favorite league, yeah. the NHL. Why does, this, why does this happen? How does a guy like Joel Quenville, who's won three Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's not like he won these 20 years ago. The last one was, what, 2015? Mm-hmm. How does he lose his job? According to the stories that I read today, friction between Coach Q and the GM and front office. So, but I will say, no, I don't think any sport is as, is as impatient with its coaches as the National Hockey League. Last year, during the course of the 2000, what would have been, 17-18 season, there were no coaching changes during the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Manny, that's the first time that that has happened since the expansion of 1967 took this team, took this league from, I believe, 6 to 12 teams. Oh there were, gosh. the previous year, five coaching changes, and we are sitting on two because the Kings fired John Stevens over the weekend, and then Quenville got fired today, so we are already at two coaching changes, and we are not to Thanksgiving yet. And Mike Yo will be next. Your he guy, will. Mike Yo? Oh, Mike Yo's going to get fired. <laughs> how how Joel Quenville how Joel Quenville gets fired before Mike Yo after the performance, the dog-like performance the Blues put out on Saturday against the Wild, I will never understand. How It's a great country when Mike Yo and Tibbs can be employed, and it, but a guy like Joel Quenville gets fired? I mean, what? I don't get it. Did you ever think that the Minnesota Wild could actually get Mike Yo fired twice? That's why I happen. wanted him fired Saturday. No, I wanted him fired post game on Saturday because then you would have had it. Yeah, and and it's funny because because Parisi and Suter helped get him fired probably by not working hard enough back when he got fired from here. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday they played well enough that they could have gotten fired for a second time. It's basically on two guys. Oh, uh, unbelievable! Go number four. I love this guy. Their mascot is just outstanding. I mean, them and Mike the Tiger are by far the best. Matt, I mean. I mean, Butch. I mean, uh, uh, Butch is a better uh, a person, a symbol, the whole thing. I'll go with that, okay. But as far as, I mean, that 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 Buffalo and and the Mike the tie, utterly outstanding. And then it's got the handlers. Um, no, they're not pulling that buffalo. That buffalo's pulling them. I mean, you see these kids run beside these buffaloes, the buffalo, and sometimes they'll wipe out or whatever. 
Okay, credit to our guy Jonathan Harrison for bringing up this this uh, thought and idea, and it, it dawned on me after Jonathan brought it up. You know, Mike Leach actually sounds like he sounds like Frank Caliendo doing John Madden. He said, "Yeah, he said Madden." And at first, I thought to myself, "I've never thought about that at all." But the cadence does very much. Yeah, just sort of that the way he sort of just thinks out loud. It does. The cadence sounds like Madden. How much fun would Leach be to cover, though? Oh my gosh! I, I listen as, and he might be a pain. I don't know, but I, the I don't quotes, care. But the quotes are just so good. Oh, they're they're just golden. And I was a little bit bitter. You know, I'm fine with Jeremy Pruitt, but I was a little bit bitter that my Vols didn't hire him because he was going to be in the running for the job. And so I'm going to get bit the job. Well, because Philip Fulmer stepped in, became the AD, and said, "No, no, we can't do this." And so he hired Jeremy Pruitt. Saban's defensive coordinator instead. So great job by them. Yeah. TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, we'll take a break. Jim Peterson, who does such a great job as analyst uh, for Wolves games on Fox Sports North, joins us next. Mackie and Judd fill out today. It is Judd and Manny, and as I said, Jim Pete joins next. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley, Oakley on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Here's Tobias up top to Pat Beverly. Open for three. Let's it fly. It is good. How about 11 threes for the Clippers and now a 10-point advantage. Wolves lose to the Clippers last night. Uh, they will play then tomorrow night against the Lakers as they stay in Los Angeles. And joining us now, our friend Jim Peterson, who is, does such a great job as the analyst on Fox Sports North. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, I'm I'm, uh, sitting in Simi Valley right now on the sunshine at a place called uh, Rustic Canyon. Yeah. Judd. So, yeah. So, it's uh, nice. It's dreary here. I bagged bagged you guys. I bagged you guys last week. Manny called me to uh, get me on. It was like, I just didn't work out. So. Oh, no, no problem. I, I was going to say, yeah. it's dreary here, Jim, for about a fourth consecutive day. So what, what's it like to be sitting on the West Coast where the temperature's probably incredibly comfortable and it's a nice, sunshiny day? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the perks of traveling with an NBA team in the wintertime, or, you know, fall, winter, whatever. Um, it's um, three times a year to it in, at Target Center than when we went here in L.A., should we put Jim on hold? I'm going to put Jim on hold there. Yeah, I'll, I'll check with him real quick off air here. I was just thought to myself that it must be nice. That was he, he's right. That's the one. That's the advantage as much traveling as those guys do. Now NBA teams, pro sports teams, you don't feel bad for it because they travel by uh, charter. But the one thing that is nice for them is you get to go out to places like Los Angeles, which is where both our Wolves and Wild are this week. Which means uh, staying up late to watch games, as I said, tomorrow night the uh, the Lakers and Wolves play, and tonight it's actually the um, the Wild against San Jose. Jim, are you there? Do we have a better connection? I hear, Perfect. Yeah, I can hear. You, I can hear you perfectly, Judge. So it's weird. Um, anyway, we 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 um, we only play the Clippers three times. We play them twice at Target Center, once at Staples. So we played them last night. So we're done with the Clippers here, mm-hmm. and then neither one of the Laker games are on uh, are on FSN. So. Um, Tomorrow's on ESPN, and uh, the other game is on Turner. So uh, we won't uh, won't do the games here. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm coming back here to LA again, but uh, it's nice. I mean, obviously, it's you know, last year we were here uh, during the fires, and where this uh, golf course is um, is in Simi Valley, 
Um, and you can see it's in this canyon where you could see the remnants of the fire. Um, trees are burned out. It was, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember the fire that was yes. roaring at this part of the country uh, last year. So, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's a beautiful day here. So what what uh, wolves wise? What has this uh, whole thing been like to, to be around on a daily basis with the Jimmy Butler stuff and and the day to day changes? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Jim Peterson, what's this situation been like to observe for you? It's it's not it's not good for me. I mean, you know, because obviously I want my team to win, you know, and um, it's just I think it just adds a layer of drama. That um, and you know, I think I think I really think it does affect fans and media and the story more than it does the actual players themselves. Because I just know from from being a player. You know, injuries and trades and, and draw things happen. You know what I mean. So like, you just you just you're you're fo- so focused on doing your job. You're just focused on who's on the court with you. And and I think from a certain standpoint, Jimmy's fairly well liked in the locker room. You know what I mean. Except for I, I know obviously Carl and, and Andrew had had some issues. Um, you know, based on some of the criticism that Jimmy's brought towards them, which um, you know some of it's been warranted. I, I don't think Jimmy's been wrong. Um, as it pertains to playing hard. I think that playing hard is something that Jimmy does, and he'll tell you he does it. Um, you know, and, But I think that it's been an issue with Andrew. I think that's been one of the big criticisms of him. And then at Cat at times, if, you know, I have the perception that he's been a little soft, at least on the defensive end. But, um, you know, so I think that generally speaking, though, Jimmy's pretty well liked. He's an alpha, you know, so he's a, he's a, you know, he's a boss in the locker room. And, I think that they generally see his point. You know, they, they feel like he's a, a top 20 player, and they feel like, you know, I think they agree with him that he deserves um, a max contract or near max, whatever, you know, you want to pay a 30-year-old that has, you know, banged up knees and um, needs days off and, and that kind of thing. I'm not sure that I, per, per se, would would want to pay a, a super max to a guy that, um, that you know, is in that situation. But, you know, but he he's definitely a top 20 player, Judd, you know, so I think they, I think, players see that he feels it. Now, this is the thing that I say about Jimmy. I was like, I, I think you can be unhappy with your situation, but you can't be unprofessional. And I think that, look, you know, um, I just think that when you look at Tobias Harris, for instance, he's in a contract year. He's in the last year of his contract with the Clippers, and he's playing his, his butt off. You know, um, he's doing his thing. He's representing the Clippers in a, in a really good way, and I think that he's, uh, um, he played great last night. So I think you you know you can you can do things a whole lot of different ways. I just don't think Jimmy's doing it the best way. I think to you know garner a lot of fan support and respect from the fans, and um, I think that 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 GMs around the league still see what he is and know that he's a top twenty player and still have interest in him, and, all, and, and they should. Um, but I just don't think that Jimmy's going about. I I'd like to sit down and talk with him and ask him what his angle is because I don't get it. Um, I just don't think it's playing very well. How long do you think, Jim, this goes on? What's no, your I gut can't. tell you? I don't have, I don't, I really don't have a good feel for how long it goes on. I just don't know, you know, how close they are to a deal. I don't know how, how, uh, I don't know, I don't know what deals are being, uh, being laid out on the table. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you're looking at the trade deadline. So, you know, that's probably the ceiling. But, um, it could be a week, it could be a month. I don't know. It's, gonna, it's interesting. I just so you're held captive, right? And so for me and Ben's, 
um, and Marnie and Leah and our production crew. And we just, you know, we just got to deal with the storylines we have that day. If Jimmy's playing, he's playing. If he's not, he's not. And um, you look at the matchup and you just try to do the best job you can. It's not, it's not a fun thing to cover, that's for sure. How, in your mind, is Cat really handling this whole situation? Because, I, I mean, just from my observation, Jim Pete, like he just, Cat has had some great moments this, this season early on, but he just doesn't seem like himself. And, and I don't know if that, if this whole situation with Jimmy has a lot to do with it or if it's just other stuff going on. I don't know. I don't want to really speculate, but just how, how has he looked to you? Because he just, something just seemed a little bit off to me. Well, I mean, I, it does look off. I, I haven't had a chance to really sit down and talk to Cat. I really, I mean, I really care about Cat because Cat's a great guy. Um, his family is fantastic. Um, his dad is actually um, a really good person who, who, you know, we talk to a lot. And so I know him a lot. You know, I know, I know him and talk to him quite a bit. So we kind of know where um, he is. And um, I think that he's not, he's not, a, no, he's not the cat that he was two years ago. That's for sure. In terms of where he was mentally. And so, you know, it's, he's a young kid. You know, that's the thing you got to keep in mind. He's a young kid who I think because he has um, a conscience and he's got, um, he's got uh, really good values and he's got a strong family. I think that he, I think he wants a family atmosphere. I think he wants players who are in the locker room together, all pulling the rope at the same time. They don't want, you know. I think I don't think he wants a wants you know teammates that are pulling the rope sometimes and not pulling the rope others. You know, I think I think that that's that's what a team's all about. It's that everybody's in it a hundred percent all the time for for a common goal. And right now, until you know we figure this thing out and, and Jimmy either signs a contract or he moves on. Um, you're going to be dealing with uncertainty when it comes to those kinds of things. And so it, it's just not optimally the way you want to run. Now, at the same time, you know, I enjoy watching Jimmy Butler play. You know what I mean? Like, I, he gives you a chance to win. So and when he's out there playing, I enjoy watching him, and I enjoy covering him from that standpoint. But it's all this other stuff that goes on that it's just – it's just – I feel sorry for the, because the fans are still there, you know, they're, they're with us. They're in it with us. We're all in this together. You know, it's like, it's not something that, you know, we just do like we're in this, in this vacuum, you know, uh, people love the game. People love the Timberwolves. I'm, you know, no one's a bigger fan of the Wolves than me. I want my team to win. I think it's pretty evident that when you watch our games that, um, you know, I kind of live and die with what happens. I get sometimes I get overly emotional. You know, I get um, the, my emotions get the best of me, especially when it pertains to guys playing hard. Because you know, I wasn't the most talented player in the world, but that's the one thing I hung my hat on. Because I think you can bring that effort each and every night. You may your shot may not go. You know, you may mess up and make a mistake here and there, but if you do it with energy and effort, I think that it solves a lot of problems. And I think that that's the thing that that that, uh, that bothers me is that. Yeah, I was a great teammate, and I think that when you see guys that um, that don't pull the rope, I, I just think that sometimes that, that that it gets to me. I know it gets to me, so I know it's getting to the fans as well. Well, that's what makes this. That's what made you know the the win over the Lakers last week so tough, Jim. Is that you know you see Jimmy have this sort of performance, and he hits the big three to sort of put the game away, and in that moment you're thinking this is this is great like this this is fun this is why jimmy's here and this is why we love him and all this other stuff but then then you sort of realize oh but we still have this sort of situation that's still sort of the elephant in the room and so you don't 
it's hard to really in, enjoy a game like that or enjoy what you know what happened with the Derrick Rose game last week with the 50 point game because you just know that you have this sort of this situation with Jimmy that's sort of a dark cloud over everything right now yeah i mean that's that's the reality of it you know the Derrick Rose 50 point game was was a lot of fun you know it was um it was it was uh one of those moments that um you you just don't see come by very often and um I can't speak highly enough about what a great kid Derrick Rose is and what a great teammate he is and how much the guys love him. You can see the outpouring of emotion when the players streamed onto the court to congratulate him. And that just, it tells a story, right? When you see that, you just go, wow, these guys really like this kid, man. They, they all streamed onto the court. And then all the love he got around the league, you know, um, from everybody on Twitter, just, you know, hitting him up and stuff. So, you know, Derek is just—he's uh, a really special person, and I've just—I've had a chance to really talk with him extensively, and, and um, I've just really come to have even more respect for him for where he was as an MVP, to all the injuries and all the things that he's been through, and then to have him be the, the humble, incredible person that he is. Like, if you, people just don't know—if you talk to Derek Rose and you were around him, Manny, you would see what this kid is. And um, so that's—you know—people are always questioning me; they're always giving me a hard time um, about why do I. Um, support Derrick Rose so much. Um, would I rather have Devin Booker on my team? Heck yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have Devin Booker on my team. But, but I got Derrick Rose on my team. And you know what? Derrick Rose plays his butt off. And, and in terms of how he handles himself and how he comes to practice every day and how he works his butt off and how he, when he gets on the court, he, he um, um, you know, I, I would, do I wish he was a better three-point shooter and he was, he's, he's doing better than I thought he was. And, and, and I'll tell you what. Since he's been in the Timberwolves uniform, he going back to even last year. He's he's impressed me. So, that, those are the kind of things I focus on. And, and so, when you meet a kid like this, you just you got something to root for, you know. Because that and that's who I'm rooting for right now, you know. Uh, Josh Okoge, Jim Pete can be how good? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think he's he's probably not not all star good, but I think he can be right right there. I think he's going to be one of those guys that you have to account for. I think you're going to, you're going to stick him in your, in your game plan and account for him because I think he's going to be a problem. I think that um, watching Patrick Beverly last night, um, you know, impact the game. Uh, and, you know, I was getting in some Twitter fights with some people that were saying Patrick Beverly is a dirty player and the dirtiest player in the NBA. I was like, well, I like people who compete. And you might think Patrick Beverly's dirty. He gets that moniker because of what happened between he and, he and uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, and, um, you know, and, and so I just like guys that compete. And that's one thing that I know that Josh Okogie is going to do each and every night is he's going to compete. Um, he's going to give you 100% effort. He's undersized. He's only 6'4", but he's got a 7-foot wingspan. And, and I just think that guys that compete can have a long career and they can impact the game in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, he's probably better than – like an Avery Bradley, I think he's uh, probably better than um, a Patrick Beverly in terms of just what he means to a team. But because I think he can score more, but I, I think that he's he's a confident kid. You know what I mean? He gets out there. He, he's his shot where it's going to be um, two or three years from now. But um, I just think the kid is just supremely confident, and I just really adore players that play hard like that. Thank you, sir. Great stuff. Okay, thanks, take care. Bye, bye, Manny. I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy.
Jim Peterson, who does an outstanding job as the analyst on Fox Sports North's Timberwolves coverage, uh, the Lakers game tomorrow night at 9.30 is an ESPN game exclusively. Uh, Jim, Pete, and Dave Benz will be back calling the game at Sacramento, 9 p.m. FSN Plus, by the way, on Friday, because the Wild and Anaheim Ducks, also at 9 p.m. on Friday, will be on the main Fox Sports North. Let's take a break, come back, wrap up this hour, and then it is time for a scoop with Doogie at 4 o'clock. Mm. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic here quickly. 35W southbound in Minneapolis. We've got a crash uh, between Highway 55 and Portland Avenue South. Get ready for the delay. It's 20 extra minutes on your commute, so be on the lookout for that. Judd? Thank you, Manny. Mackie out today, so it's Judd and Manny Doogie right around the corner with a scoop. Jonathan Harrison, give us the latest on our 1500 ESPN Twitter poll regarding one Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jonathan's hearing you right now. Judd's trying to go to you, Jonathan. Oh, I was trying to... Sorry, Jonathan. I, I was trying to go to you for the Jimmy Butler poll. You had your sorry, headphone I was, on. I thought you heard it when no, he told you. No, I was you cutting up audio time. here. No oh, worries. no worries. No worries. <laughs> sorry about that. My bad. I'll take full credit. Anyway, do you have the poll in front of you? All right, let's see here. Pulling it up. Uh, yes. Which game is Jimmy Butler going to play in next? 40% right now say Lakers tomorrow, 10% Kings on Friday, 2%... Nets on Monday, but the leader in the clubhouse at forty eight percent is none. That would be that'd be nice because it would mean he'd probably been traded. Um, yeah, hopefully. I feel for Jim Pete because Jim Pete's really good, but I feel as if, and I think I'm right. He sort of lives and dies with this team. Yeah, and and I tweeted this when the whole Butler thing, Manny started. I said the guy I feel really bad for is Jim Pete Hoops. Because he's been doing this for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And he has turned himself... I mean, he wasn't great when he started. I think he's great now. But he worked his ass off to get great. But he has been around how much dysfunction. It's mm-hmm. like when Flip got the job, you said to yourself, this is great for people like Jim Pete because finally there's stability and finally they're going to turn a corner and probably get this right. And I listened to him and, and he's articulate as all get out and he's really good and he really, really cares. But I can't, I can't help but feel some empathy because all he wants is functional, good basketball. Mm-hmm. And time after time from this franchise, all he gets is just chaos. All the total chaos and coaching changes and front office changes and bad draft picks and bad trades and you know bad free agent signings and just I mean he has seen. The whole nine with, you know, forever, it seems like. And, you know, so, yeah, I I feel for him as somebody who has been a fan of this team and has followed this team and now, you know, being sort of a, a, a radio personality and producer and podcaster about this team. Yeah, I, I feel for him because it you you get you get to moments like last year where they make the playoffs and it's and it's fun to to a degree because you know it's it had been so long but then like you you also like think about like how they got there and how they got to the playoffs like they should not have I said this all summer like they should not have been 
playing the Nuggets on the last night of the season for to get the last playoff spot. Like they were a better team than that in terms of talent and roster makeup and everything. And and that's what's tough about it is you know that when you look at the talent on this team, you know that they're capable of being better than this. They just are. But for whatever reason, because Butler doesn't want to be here and Tibbs, I don't know, being stubborn and, and all this other stuff, we're, here we are with them being 4-7 and seven and Butler basically deciding when he wants to play and when he doesn't. Great quote uh, from Jim Peter during the conversation about Butler saying, you can be unhappy, but you can't be unprofessional. And mm-hmm. I think he used that quote during the course of the Clippers' loss last night. And that's that's what this is about. And And to Jim Pete's point, We all would like to know, so when Butler tells us there's way more than you understand, but I'm not going to tell you, yet I'm going to accuse you of fake news, that's what I think we would all like to know is why. Why are you so upset? Giving you you the contract that you wanted during the course of the offseason would have torn apart this roster. Mm Mm-hmm. You wait a year, you get exactly what you want from them. And, and I would I would argue that going on 30, that might be a mistake. This might be, long-term, this might be a very good thing. Because Jimmy Butler's going to get a big contract somewhere, and with the way that his body's breaking down, there is a chance that in three years you're going to say, that was a terrible contract. And he's making $40 million by then. But why? Why he is so upset about this thing? Or, you know what, if he just wants to come out and say, I, I hate Cat. And Andrew as well. I just can't stand them. I just I don't want anything to do with them. If if that's going to be the direct quote, I'll say oh, okay. I you know that's a little much to me. Cat's going to be a really good player, but that's the thing about this is we have seen how many players throughout the years be unhappy, mm-hmm. be disgruntled, be recalcitrants. They can be a pain in the ass, but this is just this pick and choose your own schedule is just unprofessional. Yeah, like there's not there's nothing about it that you can and, and for Tibbs to allow it to happen is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. But anybody, if Jimmy would come out and just give us the play and give us the play by play, if the rumors are true, give us that. What whatever it is that's driven you to this point of picking and choosing your own schedule, which I can't recall anyone doing, no. unless I'm forgetting somebody. I can't recall anyone allowing. I can't recall anyone in a pro sport pushing a coach around to the point of he of he or she says I will be playing on certain days, and I will tell you probably the day of that I'm not going to play. The only time you really think about something like that being done is if you're dealing with like an older player that you you know because Popovich he oh, sure. he sat he would sit guys you know he would that's sit Duncan to- but that's a totally different thing that's completely Duncan different. being 37 and you just can't give him the sort of the same sort of minutes and playing time that he had gotten in years past. But this is this is a 29-year-old star and top player in this league who's in his prime right now, is playing the best basketball that he's played, like between the last year in Chicago and, and these first couple of years here. This is the best. Jimmy Butler's right in the middle of his prime right now, and, the nights, and he's sitting games. And the nights he doesn't play, he's boycotting. Yeah. Like he's not resting. That's not a. That's not because he's hurt. That's if you believe that you're absolutely the most naive person of all time. Yeah. Guys like Duncan and veterans, it might be it might be difficult if you're a fan to buy tickets to that game and not get that player. And I I'm with you on that. I've never liked that, mm-hmm. but I understand it. Jimmy Butler is boycotting, and Jimmy Butler, common sense would say if you're not going to trade him, suspend him. Mm-hmm. 
and just find them and just find say them and suspend them and do what yeah. I said, which is send them home and then say we will call you and your agent when a, a deal is completed. But until then, we are not going to allow you to hold us hostage. We are going to do that to you and your NBA playing career for the rest of this season, as far as we're concerned, for as long as we want is done, and that's that. Yeah. The lack of pride here is remarkable, and and the fact that the head coach and president of basketball operations is not taking control and taking command of this situation is just well, and the owner too baffling to me. Yeah, and for Glenn not to for Glenn not to step in and say, okay, once Jimmy started down the path of I'm not going to play each game, each game, and I'm going to tell you when I'm not playing. You you if you are Glenn, you step in and say he's suspended, Tom. And when Tom says no, we can't do that. You say yeah, no, I just did. And if Tom doesn't like that, you fire Tom. And as I said, anything that Tom does, any move that Tibbs makes that is runs counter to what Glenn wants is cause to fire him and not pay him and allow him to sue you. So if Tom wants to say, if you are going to suspend Jimmy, well, what? He quits, okay, then you forfeit your money. Or if he's going to say, I'm not going to allow that, Glenn, then you say, okay, that's fine, Tom. I'm firing you. You're fired. And I'm doing it with cause because you're you and Jimmy are both insubordinate. Go be insubordinate on a beach together. You're both gone. And if you want to sue me, that's fine. How hard is it to look at Tibbs and say, "Yo, take take command of this situation, take control." You're I'm paying you eight million dollars a year to oversee this, right? But I'm take giving, control. Why but, are you letting this guy control you and what, dictate the terms? But what frustrates me is I'm giving you a way to get out of the Tibbs contract completely. Yeah, sure. Fire him with cause, and then your problem, you, you're going to get sued, and that's fine. You go to court, but your problem with Tibbs is now done because he is removed, and Butler is removed, and you can move on. Doogie is next with a scoop. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands. Like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.